Dan Dickow here, Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Well, a couple weeks out of the season now, and the transfer portal uh, has picked up in a lot of ways, Just um, not just for college basketball in general, but for Gonzaga in the last week or so, it's really popped. And yesterday, some good news on the positive front for Gonzaga basketball. We'll talk about that a little bit now. We'll also talk about it in the secondary post um, in regards to the positive news for Gonzaga. But almost 1,400 players now are in the transfer portal. 1,400 players. And of that, some players are going to find a great home. Some players are going to find a similar home with similar uh, roles and responsibilities at their new place and production. Some won't even find a place to play. And that's the disappointing and frustrating part when when you look at it uh, from someone who's experienced as a college player, as an analyst who went through the transfer process as a player. Uh, Grass isn't always greener on the other side. For me, I was lucky that it was, but for many, it's not. But um, to stay on the topic at hand, the task at hand, Gonzaga lost three players to the portal since the season is over. Wanted to take a quick peek back at their time at Gonzaga, what they provided, and possibly um, what level I think that they will uh, ultimately go to. Um, first, first one, to put their name in the hat. Really not a lot of people were surprised. That would be Dom Harris. Um, You got to give Dom Harris a lot of credit. He stayed positive uh, and engaged on the bench throughout his sophomore season. When uh, once it kind of became apparent that he was not going to be in the rotation. Uh, And that's, that's a lot harder to do than, than most people understand. Most people realize Uh, it's easy to, to play the woe is me, the pity card. And he didn't do that. So you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, He's a, was a big part of Gonzaga um, landing Jalen Suggs and Julian Strother. He was the first of players in that year to commit, and he was all in helping uh, reach out and be excited for his time to come at Gonzaga and then getting those guys uh, on board. Because the thing is, as players uh, in, in this day and age of, of social media and, and you know so many events, um, they come across each other all the time. Uh, they stay in constant contact with each other. And so when a guy gets a early commitment and he can kind of be a, a bonus, a benefit to the coaching staff and when the staff is targeted guys that they want, um, if, if that first guy to commit can create a friendship or relationship with those other guys that they're targeting, uh, that can be really helpful. And I think Dom Harris uh, was part of that uh, in landing Jalen Suggs and in landing Julian Strother. But when you look at, um, Dom Harris's time at Gonzaga frustration for him, I'm sure because of injuries uh, and the inability to crack the rotation, especially this year as a sophomore. I mean, uh, as a freshman last year, uh, he appeared in 25 games and he averaged three points a game. And, and I thought this year, if he proved it out over the course of the off season, he might have an opportunity um, to be a, a, good role player off the bench. Um, You know, that obviously changed when Malachi Smith and the transfer portal came in uh, and won out for that spot, won out for those minutes. Hunter Salas also won out for minutes off the bench in in the guard rotation. But as a sophomore, uh, his numbers dipped, only appeared in 13 games, uh, averaged about a point and a half a game. Um, Numbers that, you know, the most – savvy of college coaches and, and 
uh, staffs will will look beyond that and they'll understand hey he's coming uh, they'll they'll look at what he did in high school and, and maybe compare the notes that they had to high school versus watching the the limited opportunities and, and chances he got uh, in games at Gonzaga and talk about and figure out does his development fit what their timeline wants um, and has his skill set improved to be something that would help and be beneficial to them. Um, so it's it's really interesting nowadays where, you know, in recruiting, when a player turns down a school or vice versa, it's not always over anymore because of the the movement in the transfer portal. But when you look at Dom's uh, uh, future, what I think, you know, I, I think he's going to take a step down a level, at least in regards to conference. So I could see him landing at a WAC school. I could see him landing at a Big West school. Uh, I don't think he would go to a big sky school simply because he's a Southern California kid. So that's why I think, you know, the whack or the big West uh, would be um, what he's looking at. So those are schools like Long Beach State, UC Irvine, UC Riverside. Um, There's a possibility maybe that a a Mountain West school um, is in the mix. uh, If there was a staff that was recruiting him before he committed to Gonzaga. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen any Mountain West schools on his list, um, but that's what I would expect to see him at a Big West or a WAC school. And, and I think he's talented enough to, to have a really nice career at, at a school at that level. Uh, you see it all the time. Player drops down a level and they go from searching for time, searching for a role, searching for identity at a power school or a school like Gonzaga that is uh, entrenched each year and making deep NCAA tournament runs, they they drop down to a level that fits them perfectly. That player, after having improved, plays with all the confidence in the world and their career flourishes and they take off. A quick idea come to mind really quick. Uh, uh, Ja'Cory McLaughlin, a few years back at Oregon State, uh, he was a freshman, all-freshman uh, league player, Um then was uh, started off, I think, four or five games as a sophomore, was playing really well, decided to transfer. Oregon State just wasn't for him. The Pac-12 wasn't for him. He drops down, goes to um, UC Santa Barbara, and he was tremendous. Uh, conference player of the year. He's had, uh, I believe, a couple 10 days in the NBA. Um, so he's, he's carved out a nice professional career because he was able to get to that uh, opportunity where he could play. He could go play through mistakes. He could improve. He would have uh, responsibility on his shoulders. And I think that's one thing that a lot of players need to grow is responsibility on your shoulders. You Sometimes you can score six, seven points a game, but are your, are your contributions needed each game for a win? And I think if you're needing to be relied upon each game to for your team to win, that's proving a lot. Um, for coaches at the next level, whatever it may be. That's high school going to college, that's college going to the NBA. So uh, wish Dom Harris uh, best of luck. I know there was some interesting back and forth, at least on social media, where uh, his dad throughout the year um, put some comments out there that that made people a little bit concerned about, hey, is he leaving now? Why isn't he playing? That's just the nature of high-level college athletics these days. Everybody wants to play. And with social media, you've got a chance to address it in ways that you never have before. So wish Dom nothing but the best. Hopefully he finds a spot that he's comfortable in and and his his career can flourish. Next would be another guy that I wasn't too uh, too 
Um, surprised to see him put his name in the in the transfer portal, and that's Efton Reed. Um, lots of excitement for Efton when he transferred in, and I was one of those guys that thought he was going to be able to carve out a bigger role. When I looked at highlights a season ago, when I saw him at practice uh, the first time or two, I thought, hey, he this could be a piece that really works. Um, seven foot, 255, not a great athlete, but huge size, and every team needs size. Um, but I don't think his understanding of Gonzaga's offensive and defensive schemes um, sped up enough throughout the course of the year to get him into the rotation. I mean, he only had three games this season where he played double figure minutes. And that was the first two games of the year against uh, North Florida and against Michigan state. And then the other game where he played double figure minutes was the exhibition game uh, in Christmas break time against NAI Eastern Oregon, where he had his best game, 16 points, eight of eight from the field, but that, that didn't really count in my estimation, because I believe if I remember correctly, the tallest player on that, on that team, on that roster uh, was about six, five, six, six, maybe at the most. So it really wasn't a, a fair judge of, of, of talent of skill level for him. Um, but, you know, the first game of the year, North Florida, eight points. Um, and then Michigan state followed up with, with solid four points in 11 minutes. You, you thought maybe you were going to have that back, back up big that could protect the rim. Um but once you got a couple more games into the year, unfortunately, you saw mistakes w would occur, but then they would compound with another mistake quickly. Um, you know, and I think he's a talented player, um, but I think, you know, Gonzaga as a big, you've got to have a couple different things. You've got to be extremely skilled and you've got to be extremely cerebral. You got to be uh, athletic enough. And I think Gonzaga has proven that if you're a tremendous athlete, as a big with the other two attributes, you're going to be tremendous. If if you're limited athletically, um, which he is as far as lateral mobility and, and verticality um, outside of his sheer size, uh, you have to be able to, to, to be tremendous at the other two. And I don't think he was tremendous at the other two uh, that would allow one of those uh, attributes to kind of uh, be hidden in a way, you know, because you look at Drew Timmy, Tremendous skill, tremendous IQ, athletically doesn't quite check that box, at least as far as what your typical athlete looks like, run, jump high, fast, all that. But his footwork, his de dexterity, his hand-eye coordination uh, would definitely uh, jump uh, his level of athleticism, something that doesn't always get overlooked. But, you know, for for Efton, he was at LSU, as mentioned, averaged over six points a game, 34 uh, games played as a freshman. Most of those were starts wasn't able to to really crack the rotation at Gonzaga where he only played 25 games, averaged about two points. So I wasn't surprised to see him transfer. I would imagine he transfers back to the East Coast somewhere closer to home. I don't think after having been at a Power 5, after having been at Gonzaga, I don't imagine him going uh, to a Power 5 type school. Um, now, I haven't seen a, a full list. And so many times right now these days with the social media lists that are put out there, Sometimes that's just one initial reach out from either a staff to the player or to the player's family or vice versa, player or player's family to a coaching staff at a college that they might be interested. So I don't read a whole lot into that. I actually was talking to a college coach just the other day and I said, hey, OK, in this portal, how many guys are you really looking at? They said about 30 and within one phone call, typically they real they'll they'll be able to trim it down and understand and know hey that 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 kid's 
not for us. Um, whether for whatever reason it may be, he might be looking for a certain number in NIL money. This kid might be wanting, uh, you know, a different role, a different responsibility with his new basketball team. Uh, it might be, hey, I don't want to move any further away from home. So those thirty get trimmed down pretty quickly in regards to you know, who they're really going to zero in with their time, energy, and focus. But I would expect Efton to go back to the East Coast. I, I think uh, Atlantic 10 school would probably be uh, the perfect fit, the perfect level for him. Um, when you look at the A-10, they've got a number of schools in Virginia, George Mason being one, BCU uh, being one where head coach of Utah State, Ryan Odom, just went back to uh to the east coast for and i could imagine seeing him there um so uh you know I, I think he's talented i think bigs always take longer to develop unless you're a true outlier like a chet holmgren um and so wishing uh efton reed nothing but the best but the third player for gonzaga to enter the portal was a bit of a head scratcher when i first saw it and i was a little disappointed but as i've kind of had a couple days to look at it not surprised and i think it doesn't and, and i it, i don't think it makes as much sense for him uh as probably outsiders think and the reason why is i think with hunter salas i'm talking about now is gonzaga he he cracked that rotation he was averaging you know close to 20 minutes per game down the stretch um but he didn't always warrant those minutes because his production wasn't there. When you look at, um, you know, improvement from freshman to sophomore year, the numbers were flat. They were about the same. Yeah, it, it, defensively, he was about the same. Offensively, his jump shot looked better. I thought he played with force as far as getting the ball up the floor in transition. He was able to, to show that, hey, he could play a little bit of uh, ball handling uh, duties. He, he could enter offense. He could initiate offense. He can get the pace going in the game. Um, but he he didn't show the ability to to knock down threes, which is important. Um, and even though you think it would have improved numbers wise, based on all the work that he's put in and, and working on his mechanics, so you didn't see that. Um, and so it makes you you wonder. Okay, does he did he not? Did he, did he, does he just need a fresh start? Does he need to be somewhere closer to home? Um, does he overvalue um, what his potential skill set is? Because this is a kid that was outside of Chet Holmgren. He was the, he is the highest rated player, in, at least from rankings wise, to commit and go to Gonzaga. He was the number six player in one of those rankings. He was McDonald's All American, uh, Iverson All American Classic. I mean, the reports were glowing on Hunter Salas when he committed to Gonzaga. And I think there's a there's a few flaws in his game that if, if he works on, he could still carve out a, a really good college career. Um, you know, I was early in the NBA or in the in the college season saying he might have had the most NBA potential of anybody on Gonzaga's roster. And that was including Julian Strother. And the reason I said that is because I liked the way he played in transition. I liked his ability to guard. Um, but in saying that early in the year till now seeing it he didn't grow as the way you would want a possible pro prospect to improve and play um so you know if he wants to get back to that spot where he is talked about uh, as a potential nba player he does need to be in a place that he can play but he also needs to be in a place where he can uh 
produce because quite frankly he had minutes he just didn't produce in those minutes and I know it might sound a little harsh but when you go from freshman year about 15 minutes a game sophomore year about 16 ish so a little bit more increase in, in, in time on the floor but your production stays the same um you know it makes you makes you wonder is there something holding him back does he does he not have the confidence does he not have that attack mentality that he's just going to go for it because I don't think I ever saw uh, outside of maybe the San Francisco game uh, in conference where he had 13 points. I don't ever remember a game where I felt like he just went for it. Kind of always a little hesitant in making decisions, making plays, uh, especially on the offensive end of the floor. Defensively, I thought he was fine. Uh, I think he's definitely got to get more uh, stronger to have a great college career. Um, his athleticism, his balance, his speed, his quickness, his instinct is great on that end of the floor. Um, but he's got to get bigger and stronger. Uh, and I think that goes to show that a lot of the teams that make deep runs have older experienced guards that, that are physical and can play that style. Um, but, you know, I, I would expect, and, and I hope that Hunter has, uh, some good options for him. I mean, I've seen a couple lists, as I mentioned with, with the other two guys, you know, some good teams have reached out uh, and or vice versa teams like Arizona state, San Diego state, Oregon. Uh, I would imagine Creighton, his hometown school is on that list. So he's going to have a great opportunity to be in another really good basketball school. The question now becomes, does he make the right choice for fit to allow him to grow into the player that many projected him to be because he was that sixth ranked player coming out of high school. Um, you know, is the door fully closed on him reconsidering and staying with Gonzaga? I don't know. Um, you know, because that has happened before where players will put their name in the portal. They want to see what opportunities may be out there. And then they come back. Uh, I haven't read any, anything or seen anything that has said uh, that could potentially be the case. So I would, it would lead me to imagine that, yeah, he wants a fresh start somewhere else, a clean slate. But again, um, you know, he had a pretty good uh, uh, deal, I thought, at Gonzaga. So that being said, wish him nothing but the best of luck. I mean, I think for for him, um, you know, he's got to, again, be in a place where he can play with confidence and he can really show the development of skills um, that I think are there, that could be there for him to have a good, successful college career um over the next couple of years so again three Gonzaga players Dom Harris Efton Reed Hunter Salas in the transfer portal looking to go somewhere else not sure not sure if any more will be added to that list but it's the college basketball wild wild west these days so I wouldn't be in I wouldn't be overly surprised if one or two more names trickle into the list Gonzaga also has to see what is going to happen with Anton Watson using his COVID year of eligibility to come back, or if he is done, also have to figure out in regards to is Julian Strother going to do what he did last year, declare for the NBA draft, wait to see all the results in the intel before fully committing and staying in the draft and or pulling his name out of the draft. So um, it'll that'll be an interesting thing to see. We'll be back soon on another podcast episode where we break down the guys that have committed to Gonzaga in the transfer portal. And at this time and moment, there's only one and that's steel venters who I think is a really going to be a good addition to Gonzaga. So for Gonzaga nation SI, thanks for listening.